My name is Felicia Danani. Hi, and I'm Shivani Malhotra. As two Indian women, one born in the U.S. and one born in India, and both of us from culturally charged backgrounds, we came into our marriages with the intention not to fail. But when we were faced with reality, we had to look inward. Our motive is to deconstruct generational cycles and conditioning around divorce. Divorce is not an ending, but a change in the relationship. It does not have to follow old stigmas. It can be whatever you want it to be based on your intention. This is our life guide to a conscious divorce. Welcome to the Lioness Pride podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lioness Pride podcast, episode seven. While we are coming down this road, um, we have come so far. We have talked about how relationships don't end, they just change. We have discussed how to take responsibility for our part in relationships. We talked about conditioning, which was a, uh, a really deep topic, but, and, and how to overcome that conditioning and depending on where it comes from. We've also talked about how to recognize emotional intelligence and how we can use that to better our relationships. And today we are going to be discussing how to live in your own integrity and how we can connect with our true nature. This is really where the magic begins to happen. You know, this can be a very daunting process as we're going through it and using relationships as our mirror for our own growth. But when we get to this point and this realization that the relationship with ourselves is the most important one we can invest in, that's when we really start to feel the shift happening. So we are excited to talk to you. Hi, Shivani. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Felicia. I'm doing great. Good. All right. So this is going to be a juicy topic. And I want to ask you, so as women, we spend so much of our lives serving others and putting others first. For you, when did you realize that you... Living in integrity was an option for you because I think, I know for me, there was a point of belief that I I didn't think I could. And was this a gradual process? Was this like an aha moment? Tell us a little bit about your personal journey with that. So I think last time I mentioned, you know, saying that I had a very um, freeing upbringing and I had a lot of freedom and I also, my, my mom, she was definitely someone who modeled living in integrity because she did things her own way and she didn't really conform to any standard of what people expected of her. And I always thought that I was living in my integrity as well. I didn't even realize that I wasn't. I was just responding to life. But what I didn't realize is I was responding to life and making things work for me in the best way I knew how, but I wasn't really being completely intentional about the decisions I was making. 
So when things did come up in the context of marriage as they do, um, I try to be vocal in the beginning, talk about them. But if I was met with resistance, which, you know, I was at times, I would just cave in and do what was required to be the supportive wife. I didn't stand my ground in a firm way to take the heat. I didn't like confrontation and especially did not like disapproval. So I was always seeking approval. And over time, I got into this habit of silencing myself and I stopped expressing myself in a way that was natural for me. And so obviously there was a misdirection of energy. And instead of living from the depth of my being, my vitality and feeling completely alive, uh, my energy just got stuck and became rather depressive. And I first noticed the effect of suppressing. I think it was a couple of years into my marriage. And then it it exacerbated after Mila was born. And then it reached this crescendo level when my mom was sick and dying of cancer. And all of a sudden I went into this panic feeling that life was way too short. I started reflecting on who I had, I had become by habitually silencing myself in my marriage. And I just wanted to break free at that moment. I had re literally reached the tipping point and I couldn't take it anymore. And it hit me. It hit me really hard at that time. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't come to terms with how I had been living, the choices I was making, the way I was showing up. But the dangerous part of letting things reach to that crescendo level is that I literally had to wipe the slate clean and start from scratch. So my advice to anyone listening is don't wait don't wait. Come into your integrity today. Learn what that means and begin to practice it with utter commitment. Truth and integrity, it's rarely the easy choice because it's asking us to pay attention and act correctly the first time. To honor truth and to be someone you can trust. It's about being in alignment with your thoughts, your words, and your actions, and meeting each moment full on without the masks and without hiding. So it's going to be uncomfortable at first, and this really is a lifelong learning process. Arthur Samuel Joseph, who's this renowned voice teacher, gives his students this exercise. He says, go home and record yourself reciting a poem and singing a song. And one time do that with your clothes on and the second time with your clothes off. And he says he can always pick out the naked version because it's so much more alive and vibrant. We have in many ways, you know, learned to package ourselves, protect ourselves, wear these masks, choosing safety over belonging and being vulnerable and honest and true to ourselves. And yeah, I think it's, once you find the voice of integrity, it really changes things a lot. Wow, what a, what a powerful introduction to this episode. Um, and you're so right. It is, you know, I think it's interesting because even someone like yourself who grew up with a, a family who, um, empowered women and, and you didn't necessarily have, um, 
those same cultural barriers that let's just say that I did, but at the same time, um, we still, you know, somewhere down our lines, even before our marriages, we, we fell into those conditionings, those belief systems that we had to be a certain way. We packaged ourselves in a way that was accommodating and convenient and, and all of those things to, you know, have and survive, quote unquote, a successful relationship, um, but at the cost of ourselves. Alicia, how did you start down your path of living in your integrity? And what were the most difficult parts for you? And how have others reacted to these changes? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, like I mentioned, I, I do think that those conditionings and belief systems play such a large part and and happen early on in in our lives. And so once I started to get clear um, about where those were showing up, and as we talked about in the previous episode, how to overcome them and and start to recognize them, I started to begin that process of dismantling that. Once I was able to dismantle those conditionings, then I started to feel, okay, who am I? I, I had to sort of figure that out because I think part of me knew, but I had covered it up for so long. I just, I, I still couldn't tell simple things. So that was a process for me to start to really go what are my belief systems? What is it that is my truth? Now, once I went down this, this process, that was difficult because for me, I recognized that boundaries were a big issue for me. People that were very close to me in my life, I had very blurred boundaries and I had, um, I don't even want to say toxic relationships, but they were very codependent right? And, um, and not healthy for, um, you know, a 30 year old woman who was married, and then, you know, then into my mid 30s and 40s, who was now a mother, um, I still had moments where I felt like a child, it was weird, I, I almost looked at my child and felt like a child, because I allowed that type of treatment. And so I had to really create strong boundaries in my life. And take ownership of myself as a woman, as a mother, um, and like you, I in my in my marriage was accommodating and didn't want to rock the boat. I made space for my partner's relation, my partner's emotions and feelings, and I felt like my family's and everybody's took up space, and there just was no space for mine. But I didn't ask for space right? I was waiting for somebody to give it to me and for someone to, you know, save me from the situation. So I think when I went through that process of responsibility, dismantling, I then started to create some very healthy boundaries for myself. And in that, in creating boundaries, so I wasn't being infiltrated with everybody's voice and everybody else's belief of what I should be doing, I then learned my own. I then was able to connect with my inner voice, my intuition, my truth. And through that process, I could then shine that. And I could then speak clearly about what it was that I wanted. 
now we tell you asked me about how did others react to this so this is this is the tricky part not everybody is going to love the changes even though these changes were beneficial to me um, and for people who go through this process not everybody is going to like it because people don't want you to change. They want you to stay exactly how you are because it works for them. And when you change, you force them to change and not everybody is ready for that. So I wrestled some feathers and there was a bit of uproar, but that's all part of the growth. And knowing that ahead of time um, prepared me, right? I, I then kind of knew, I mean, there is a saying, um, if someone gets upset because of boundary you created, it's probably, they're probably the person you created it for. So, um, you know, you just have to understand and manage that. Um, for me, that's something I still actively work on all the time. Um, but that has really been what's transformed my space is literally giving myself the space and keeping people um, back so I can hear and connect with myself to hear my true nature. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Do you have a good example for us of drawing boundaries? Because I know that's not an easy thing to do. Yes. And how, maybe how does somebody react maybe in this way that you're saying that, you know? Yes. Okay. So I am going to use a family example. So I have a close relationship with my mother. Um, you know, I love her dearly, but when I got married, my mom, now look, she's a single mom. My brother and I, she, you know, she really had a, a deep codependent relationship with the both of us. She would literally call me, no joke, at least seven times a day. Now, she was not someone who texted. So at the time, she would call and want you to pick up. And if you didn't pick up, she would continue to call over and over again. It wasn't for any emergency. It was just chit chat. So of course, this can become difficult in a relationship. And um, I never thought anything of it. This is how it's been my whole life. I, I just, I never, it never crossed my mind that this wasn't normal. And so, of course, when it was pointed out to me, I was like, yeah, but she's by herself. And she, you know, I made every excuse in the book for it. And then when I had a daughter, I also had less time. You're a mom. She's little. I can't pick up the phone all the time. And then I realized this isn't how it has to be. I started to find out other ways. I would respond via text. I would, you know, communicate by just sending a picture so she knew everything was okay. Um, and then I sometimes had to get to a point and say, you cannot call me every day, seven times a day. We can talk once a day and twice a day. And, and so I think because what I realized is in situations, she would call and if I was dealing with something and I told her about it, it was her voice and I was responding with her voice, which yeah. wasn't my voice. So all the time, my uh, my ex was like, this is your mother talking. And I'd be like, no, it's not. It's not her. It's me. But it was. It was her. And it was 
happening constantly, constantly. And, and it's so weird because at the time, and, and we could be having like a nice dinner and she would call and something would come up. And then I would always, you know, I always defended behavior because I was a part of it. I just perpetuated it. Um, so now, you know, that, and that was, I mean, that took me years. It took me years to number one, recognize it. And then, you know, really start to go, how is this affecting my life? How is it affecting how I'm showing up? Because I could go from being super happy to being pissed off about something because her voice was pissed off about something and she was pissed off. So she made me like, it just, it, it was so enmeshed and it was so unhealthy until I got out of it. I thought, oh man, that was a lot. It was a lot for me. I can't imagine what it would, was like for someone else on the other end of that. Um, so yes, I can so relate to that, and I think the <laughs> mother-daughter dynamic, the voice of our our mothers, you know, and their 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 approval again is matters so much. So I totally get that. I yeah, totally. It does, and and you know, we're always seeking that approval, and that's the difficult thing is when we start when we when we're in that we don't really know what it is that we want versus what it is that they want. And that was, that has been one of the hardest things for me to uncover is because so much of, you know, the first part of my life was just people pleasing and playing the act and playing the role and doing it well. And, and then at the end of it going, what, I don't even know what I like. I don't even know what my voice sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, Shivani, now that you have been on this path, how do you show up differently in your relationship? So as a mother, a daughter, a friend, a co-parent, partner, um, and what are some of the things that you do or say differently than maybe you would have before? So I've been practicing this for some time now, and I can say it's still very much a learning process, but I have committed to it so strongly that if I don't get it right the first time, I will make sure to revisit the situation so that nothing there's that I, I don't leave with a regret and nothing is lost. Do you know what I mean? That it feels complete, that the situation feels complete with me, with the way I've left it. This means that, you know, before, let's say, there was a misunderstanding with a family member or a friend. And most conflicts are just plain misunderstandings, right? I would internalize it and feel bad. And then I would maybe distance myself from the person or the next time be spoke, there would be a tinge of, say, sarcasm in my voice, or I would find a way to hurt them back with my words, you know? and. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would basically try to manage the situation and do one of two things that people usually do, which is either to retreat or attack. Right. Right. But now it's quite different. Now I try to be present in each moment and I try to be pure with myself, which means I'm not afraid of the outcome of a situation. I don't have an attachment to the outcome. Or I'm not scared of what kind of feelings I may have. Are these going to be like, you know, 
Am I going to feel sad? Am I going to cry? Am I going to, are these going to be unpleasant feelings? And um, because I, I really do see these so-called unpleasant feelings actually as uh, doorways into our heart and to building bridges with others. So I don't see those so-called unpleasant emotions as negative anymore. And when I think when we can be vulnerable and honest, a lot of, a lot of magic can then happen. So the priority is not about my survival. It's about the connection with myself and being able to be in a moment without judgment towards myself or somebody else. I think it's great when both people can do this, uh, you know, um, yeah. I think it's, it, even if not, then it, it can become a lesson in boundaries too, which is also an important part of integrity, which is what you just mentioned earlier. So what connections do I want to maintain? What do I want to let into my life and give energy to? What do I want to cultivate? What is important to me? What are my values? I focus on that and start to release things that are taking energy away from what I want to create. Sometimes that means being a little loud because the other person doesn't want to hear you. Sometimes it means being firm when you've drawn a boundary and the person's not respecting it. Sometimes it means just being soft and gentle Sometimes it means saying nothing. And sometimes it's making the hard decision to back away completely and release that thing from your life. And knowing what to do, I think, is an art in itself. And being able to do it with compassion is even harder. But again, that's the journey and that's the learning process. And I think that's what... That's the journey that I'm on and it's, it's constant and, and there's no turning back now. So. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So once you start, there is no going back, right? You, you can never go back to what it was. You can only go forward. Right. I think sometimes we forget though, and it's important to constantly remind ourselves of how important this is because we definitely don't want to get lost again. Yeah. And so there are moments when even, you know, you're not being aware and then it's important to kind of remind myself that, hey, this is really important. Give it the attention that it deserves. Rishi, how have you managed to navigate this complexity and how does this look in your life? And, you know, how has, uh, how has this changed your life and, and how you live? Yeah. So, um, Number one, I feel like my friend circle has gotten smaller. <laughs> um, I, I think some of those like external things are, are interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, before it was like, hang out with everybody and it's all fun and I would do all that stuff. But now I feel like I am more intentional with who I spend my time with, what it is I am doing with that time. And um and I do spend more time on my own and I enjoy it. And I really carve that time out because um, before 
I was go, go, go. And, um, you know, I saw how my mind reacted, my body reacted to that lifestyle. So I've really become slower and more intentional. And, um, you know, the people I do choose to spend time with, it is the people it's conversations that I can't wait to have. And I can't, I'm excited about it. Right. It, it's, and, and that's how I, that's one of my, my benchmarks I gauge, right? Like I want to spend time with this person. Um, navigating the complexity of it. So, you know, it's so interesting because it is a path. It is not a destination we reach and say, yes, I am a hundred percent in integrity forever. I think so knowing that as we're constantly on this path, yes, there's going to be times we might retreat to old habits or, um, you know, we, you have to judge a situation. I know there's a lot of people and we've talked about, you know, people are out there and they're like, I'm just speaking my mind. I'm speaking my truth and this and that. And is it really your truth or is it, um, you know, a regurgitated belief system? What is the intention behind it? If the intention is not growth, if it's not expansion, if it doesn't feel good, then it's probably not your truth. And that's a good indicator, right? For me, it is about if it feels like freedom, if it feels light, then that's your truth. If it feels constricting and, and you are and you're saying it because you're pissed off because someone else said something else, probably not integrity for you. And and that's a process. You're gonna get it wrong and that's okay. So really as you go through the process, it's about playing with it, recognizing try something on and, and notice without judgment, just awareness going, hmm, how do I feel about how I reacted to that? How do I feel about this? Maybe I should try something different. And it's, it's a constant, you know, just navigating it step-by-step, situation-by-situation, because of course it's not about hurting people's feelings because we want to speak our truth. But like, I think you said it beautifully, sometimes we have to be firm Sometimes we have to be bold. Sometimes we're soft and sometimes we're silent. Those are all parts of the, of being in our integrity, right? It's a spectrum. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think kind of carves into another topic that maybe we can hit another day, which is this idea of, of wisdom and intelligence, which is very much part of, you know, our, um, the yogic tradition, when it comes to the yogic path of living an integrous life, part of that is cultivating it through, through wisdom. And that's what, what you're we're alluding to here. It's how do you make those choices? It comes with discrimination and that comes with wisdom. Absolutely. You know, having that ability for discernment is it's something we all have but sometimes our lives are busy and loud and we don't give ourselves the space to really tap into it and to recognize it and understand it and listen to it, right? Sometimes we know it and we don't listen to it. So it's twofold. It's being able to listen, to hear it, and then also taking action to listen to it. Um, So yes, that would be a great topic for us to do. We'll put that down on the list. I also loved what you said about slowing down and spending a lot of time on your own 
because that is something that has definitely been a big part of my journey as well. I find myself spending a lot of time on my own and I absolutely enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. And um, I think it's really important on this path to have that time because there's a lot of processing that we need, that we need to do. And, you know, part of that is, is reading and, and, you know, how do you get wisdom? Part of it is engaging with, uh, a lot of these thought traditions, like whatever it may be for you, it could be reading the Bible, you know, for someone. Yes. For me, it's definitely um, the yogic and, path. And, and some people, yeah, some people might, you know, and it's okay to feel uncomfortable spending time on your own. I think that's natural, but that's part of the process is sitting with that discomfort and working through it because this is absolutely a part of the process. And a lot of people, that's, that's a scary thing to, to spend time on your own. So yeah, be aware of that. And it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Just sit with it and Mm -hmm. see where it takes you. Yes. Don't run from it. Sit with it. Also, as you're weeding some of these things that you mentioned out of your life, it's important to reintroduce some new things there are new anchor points taking you in a direction that you do want to go in. Mm. Because if you don't have those anchor points, there is going to be a tendency to get drawn back into those old habitual patterns because they're so easy. We're so familiar with it, you know? So in order to make this transition, it's really important to have new anchor points that can move you in this new direction. And, you know, in India, the, in, in uh, you know, during some festivals, they have like elephants that walk down the streets, right? And um, the elephants can cause quite a chaos with their trunks if if just left, right? So they they put a bamboo stick in the elephant's trunk mm. so that the elephant doesn't get distracted, right? And I think that's that's quite true with with us humans as well. We have these senses that get easily distracted if left on their own devices, (laughs) right? So it's important again, and this comes down to integrity as well. It's coming down to actually sitting down and deciding what your values are. What do you want to cultivate? Being very clear on that and then moving in that direction. So for today's practice, what we're going to do is, is a mask exercise. So you can take a white piece of paper whenever you have time and or right now, if you have one available to you and draw a mask on the front side, a big one and on the back side as well. And if you get really excited about this, you can even cut it out. And then when you have your mask ready, then just Take a moment, you know, make sure you're, you're with yourself and, and you're in a quiet space. And then on the front of that mask, just begin to, to write words that come to your mind to describe how you think others see you and how you show up, right? So on the front, you're just going to, don't overthink it. Just write whatever pops into your head without any judgment, being as honest as you possibly can whatever words show up about how you think others perceive you 
based on how you show up like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store and you can continue this exercise later as well and then when you're done with that now turn the ba- the mask over onto the back side and on the back side write down all the parts of the, yourself that you keep hidden from everyone or the world or things that you keep to yourself or all the parts that you keep covered letting it letting it come from your heart and not from your head and once you're done with that process once you finish with with both sides just spend some time asking yourself three questions the first one what are you losing by keeping the hidden side hidden and number 2 if there are areas that maybe you aren't showing a side that maybe there's you're showing a side on the outside that doesn't match how you feel on the inside how long are you prepared to do that and what would be the consequences in the long run and the third question what would you need from others to be more genuine and spontaneous and are you ready to ask those closest to you for help because this isn't something that is easy to do on your own and opening up and being vulnerable you need you need to get your closest and dearest along the ride with you on this process. So asking for help and showing your vulnerability is not weakness, it really is a strength. And with that, I'm going to hand it over back to Felicia and thank you for that. You know, that's such a such a neat exercise to really write down what we hide. Um, that was, that was the part that really stuck out for me, but, um, thank you for that Shivani. And, you know, something you said really also hit home for me, which was, you know, it is, it is a difficult process, but if you can find somebody, a friend that you can connect with, um, in which we can do this together, right? It, it's, enhances the growth process it allows us to at least have one person we can be vulnerable with as we're trying to open up to the rest of the world so we do have a, a facebook group called the lioness pride um single mothers community but it is open to all you do not have to be a mother um but if there is a place that that we can connect with you and you can connect with others on there we would love that i think it's a, a really a safe place for us to share our journeys as we go through it so thank you guys so much for tuning in today we We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.